Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Chris shares don't sweat wisdom to help you achieve greater mental health, self-compassion, and better communication with family, friends, and coworkers. Listen in and learn simple ways to live your most vibrant life of joy. Welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Hey, let's begin with our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably. If you're seated in a chair, uncross your legs and sit upright and place your palms open on your lap. And if you're seated on the floor, sit Indian style with your shoulders back and your palms faced upright on your lap. And of course, if you're driving or doing an activity, just pay attention to the road or whatever you're doing and use this as a deep breathing, presencing exercise to get super present in whatever you're doing. So let's begin to breathe. Breathe in through your nose, allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And as you exhale, just let go and relax. Let go of any tension you feel. Let your jaw go, let your shoulders drop, let your body feel relaxed. As you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight, pure golden sunlight to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers and your toes throughout your entire body, through your core, through your whole being, pure golden sunlight. And as you exhale, Just relax a little bit deeper into your breath, into your body. And this time as you breathe in pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart, and spend a moment thinking of one thing that you feel grateful for. Just one, just one simple thing. And as you think of that one thing and you allow your heart to fill with gratitude, breathe in that gratitude to every cell of your being, pure golden gratitude from the top of your head to the tips of your fingers and your toes, breathing in and exhaling any kind of tension you feel, any kind of fear. Just let go and be in this moment right here, right now. And as you breathe in, take in one more deep breath of pure golden gratitude. Allow yourself to feel the joy wash over you. Your heart fills with joy, with gratitude. And allow yourself to exhale and let go and be in your breath, in your body. And on this last deep breath in, breathing in pure golden gratitude, taking it in, feeling it, being in joy, exhale and open your eyes. So those golden pauses, as I've said so many times on the podcast, are really meant to teach you that three simple deep breaths and tuning into your gratitude is really such an easy way to give yourself that mental pause. That mental pause in your day that so often we need when we start to feel anxious or we start to feel worried, we start to feel 
too much stress in our lives. If you can just take that golden pause, take three deep breaths, breathing in that pure golden sunlight and that gratitude and then tuning into your gratitude for just a moment, you will notice such a shift in your way of being throughout your day. You'll notice that you communicate more clearly. You'll notice that you deal with work much more easily. You notice that conflict doesn't feel as much like conflict anymore. And you'll begin to pause before you react in life, which is so valuable, such an incredibly valuable tool to all of us. All right, so today... On the podcast, I'm going to talk about having a fear cleanse. So this month of spring, we're heading into March and April, we're doing a spring cleaning inside and out series. So I'm beginning to talk about spring cleaning on the inside today. And because there's so much to be afraid of right now, With all the press and the media and everything talking about the coronavirus and politics and just so many things, but mostly um, the things that are on the outside that we might be starting to feel a lot of fear around, might be causing us anxiety. So I want to talk about how you cleanse that fear, how you talk yourself off the ledge of fear. And I'll give you a couple of examples. So when we talk about doing a fear cleanse, what we're talking about is ridding ourselves of fear so that we can fill our whole bodies with um, pure love, which feels so much better than fear, doesn't it? So that we can live amidst all of this fear and be the calm anchor that we need to be for so many people. And so that we aren't living in fear, but we're, act, but we're actually um, being proactive and taking care of ourselves and taking care of others in a very proactive way. We're not sitting idly by and saying, oh, I'm just going to be okay. Um, we're, we're taking action where we need to take action. We're creating a plan. Um, we're being prepared. We're being prepared. We're preparing ourselves and our families um, for what they need to do in order to keep their bodies well and safe. All right, so here, let's talk about this for a moment. We watch the news and it's natural for us to, you know, look at the news and say, oh my gosh, this is really something to be afraid of. Like this coronavirus um, feels very much like something to be afraid of. And while, um, while it's true that our government and that our um, experts, our health experts, have to do something about preparing our culture for not just this pandemic, for other pandemics that could come our way, but this, is, this seems to be one that um, transmits more easily um, and we don't know much about it. So it feels more scary than the simple influenza flu virus. But I'm not going to talk so much about the coronavirus as much as I want to talk about how you deal with yourself when you start to feel afraid. So I'll share with you how I do it. First of all, 
I think that being informed and understanding what's happening is really valuable. So I'm not the go dark kind of person and live in denial kind of person. I want to know what the risks are. It's the same thing as when I travel to a new place. Um, I always ask whoever's around me who's a local, I say, what are the predators here? You know, if I'm in a place where there's alligators, I want to know, are there alligators? If I'm in a place where there's panthers or tigers or spiders or snakes, poisonous snakes, I want to know that those predators are there. The same as, um, as I just got back from Thailand. One of the most dangerous things about traveling through Thailand is the vehicles and the scooters and the way people drive there. Now, they have a perfect system that they understand. But as a foreigner, I need to understand what that system is if I'm going to operate in their culture for the time that I'm traveling there. So I want to ask those questions and I want to be informed. So that's the first thing. With information and accurate information, um, that is a, a the first line of defense to not getting over anxious. So let's just use the coronavirus as an example. I want to know as much as the media knows about the coronavirus, but I don't want to get caught up in the hype of it. I want to I want to look at like what is it, what is it. And what do I need to do to uh, protect myself and my family and my friends and, and you? What do I need to share with you that will help protect you? What, how can I protect myself? So that's the first thing. Be informed. Second thing is look at logically, you know, try to um, stay out of your emotions about something and observe it. And look at it logically and ask yourself, what can I do to protect myself and those that I love um, from this situation? And then the third thing is to, you know, lay out some kind of strategy if you can. Lay out a strategy. I'm going to share another example with you about something that happened on my trip um, to Gili Air, which is off of Lombok in Indonesia and off of Bali. We, um, a group of us, a small group of women, that left my uh, retreat in Bali, we decided to travel together onward. And we um, took a boat, like a ferry kind of boat without cars, um, but a passenger boat. And it was just very safe. It was a big, it was a big boat. It was very comfortable. It, it had air conditioning. It was a large boat. It felt very safe. But I did notice on the way over to these islands, it was a, about an hour and a half to two hour trip. I did notice that we were on the open sea. And I was like, wow. We are nowhere near land, and this is the open sea. Now, because the boat was very large, it, it, it could handle the open sea very, very easily, and it was a beautiful day. So we had a great couple days on these islands, and then we, um, we got ourselves on a boat to go back to Bali because we were flying out that later that day to Thailand. And so we got on this boat, um, about 100 people, but it wasn't the same large boat. It was a much smaller boat. And there were different weather conditions. The weather conditions were very stormy the night before. It just stormed all night long. It, it rained, poured tropical rain. And it was still stormy um, when we were leaving. 
It wasn't raining um, on the port dock, but it was. It did look rather ominous storm-wise out in the sea. But we really didn't think anything about climbing onto this much smaller boat, kind of crammed into um, down some steps into um, a very rudimentary seating situation and very few windows, very little ventilation, no air conditioning. Um, into this much, much smaller boat than we had traveled over on. And when I asked um, what happened to the larger boat before we got on, um, the guy that we bought our tickets from um, said, well, the larger boat wasn't in commission, so this is what we get today. So um, so we, we got on. Now, granted, there's no passenger list. I just want you to understand this. This is very much third world country. There's no passenger list. This is very much done on cash. Um, there's no names, not, not, no, no manifesto. <laughs> so we get on this boat, and um, first of all, we're seated about four rows back. Well, some of the people in the front row uh, popped up and decided to go up top, thinking that would probably be a lot more comfortable. So we, um, my um, a cousin and another friend, popped into the um, first row, and I was seated next to the window. There was only two windows that I could see, two in the front, and two, or four, maybe two in the back. I didn't notice those, but I'm assuming. There weren't windows throughout that opened. Only the two in the front opened. And as we began to travel, and you know everyone was getting settled in their seats, and every seat was taken, and there were about, um, in every other row besides ours, there was about six seats across, very tight seats. Um, we started noticing that the waves were really, really high. The waves were crashing, and they were really crashing really heavily on the other side of the boat, so much so that they couldn't keep the window open. And it was stuffy. It was that hot, stuffy air. And so I opened my window, even though the water was really high on the boat. I just decided to keep my window open. I figured everybody would need some air, and it certainly felt good to me too. So I kept that window open. Well, not, it didn't take us too long in to realize that this boat was really rocking. And I, the only thing I can equate it to is, is like a Disneyland ride. It was really rocking. And the waves were very high outside, and the water was splashing up against the boat. And, and at times we felt the captain was probably driving too fast. And it didn't feel safe. That's what I'm going to tell you, is it didn't feel safe to us. And even though we didn't talk about it, all you had to do was look around and see the looks on people's faces of all countries. It was a very eclectic um, group of people. And from all countries, you could see the fear in people's eyes. You could see that they were afraid. And, and some people even got, a, got the life jackets down and started putting them on. And one young woman was crying in the back, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die today. And several people um, in the cabin were throwing up. It, it was really pretty, I'm telling you, pretty gruesome. Now, I noticed myself thinking these thoughts, and I noticed myself remembering a story about a ferry overseas that had capsized and, and gone down. And I, I thought to myself, um, all right, you know, what you don't want to do right now is, is feel afraid. First of all, my, my biggest concern, one of my primary concerns was I didn't want to get seasick. But I also noticed that I, I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like this was a safe situation. 
And I I didn't want to go into any kind of panic. I could sense there was a lot of fear around me. And I didn't think that um, going into panic or fear would do anything but make the next two and a half hours very miserable for myself. So I just decided to breathe, um, keep my eye on the horizon, and just, you know, go inward. And I, you know, talked to my cousin a little bit. I talked to my friend. Um... But I tried not to talk about anything that was too fearful. But in my mind and in their minds, we, we were starting to create a plan. So that was our first line of defense was, what are we going to do if this gets more unsafe? What are we going to do if, if this boat capsizes? So my plan was, you know, I knew where the life jackets were. I knew my friend Debbie was quick. I knew she'd get them down. And I... Um, I knew that the best thing to do was to um, get out that window that was open and then help other people out and just get out that window, get out of that boat if it capsized. And I also took um, the measure of strapping my purse around my body in case something happened. I wanted my family to know that I had been on that boat. And so I did think that through and I, I strapped that around my body, knew my passport was in there, it was on my body. And that was a big concern of mine. Like, if, if I didn't have that, if that wasn't on my body, nobody would know I was on that boat. And, and my family would never know what happened to me. And that would be horrible for them. So that was a big primary concern for me. I was very logical about this. I want you to understand. I, I referred to my logic. And I, I had a plan in my mind. And then my next line of defense was just to breathe, to manage my inner world. And, you know, when I talk about a fear cleanse, this is what you have to do to cleanse fear from your life. You have to, in small ways, you have to learn to refer to the present moment, to refer to your logic, and also to breathe. To keep your brain in a place of clarity, you must breathe. I know this sounds so simplistic, and I say it all the time, but it's so powerful if you remember to breathe and to stay centered and to keep your eye focused on the horizon, keep your eye focused on where you want to be. And you'll find that you will stay calm amidst some of the worst situations you can find yourself in. You can stay calm and that's the best you can do. You know, could I change anything at that point when I was sitting on that boat? No, I couldn't change anything. I knew that I had to surrender in to this experience. I had to surrender to the situation in a way where I had to be present. I knew that staying present was going to keep my mind clear and keep me able to do, to take action if I needed to take action. If I was in a panic and afraid, I knew that my brain would not think, would not think clearly, would not be able to think through what I needed to do next. So I had a plan. I looked at it logically. I looked at what do I need to do to keep myself safe? What do I need to do to um, get through this situation without getting sick, first of all? And then without um, creating more panic in anybody else, being an anchor of calm, um, being that calm person in the eye of the storm that people can look in my eyes and see that I feel that it's all going to be okay. 
everything's going to be okay. I kept telling myself that it's going to be okay. And now granted, when we got off that boat, we all hit a bar and we had a beer. (laughs) That was our first thought. Let's go to, we need to go to the bathroom and we need to get a beer. (laughs) So, you know, everything was okay. And it, and it was scary. And there were a lot of people that were really suffering on that boat. And I felt terrible for them. I felt terrible that they were so sick, so seasick. And deep down, I knew they were really scared. Um, there's, there's a lot of terror that we have to live through in life. And, and the way to minimize our terror is to stay calm. So in everyday life, you might, to, you might begin to notice how your body interprets um, fear. Maybe fear from stress, maybe fear from the coronavirus, maybe fear from um, the unknown not knowing what's going to happen might make you feel anxious and afraid. So my suggestion to you is, is to go back to your breath. Breathe out the fear. Do those golden pauses. Breathe in love. Exhale fear. And get yourself in a place of calm where you can create a strategy for yourself. Definitely create a strategy. Having a strategic plan makes you feel safe. Even amidst those things that you cannot change, you can still have a plan to survive. You can still have a plan of action. And oftentimes within the structure of that plan, we are able to relieve our fear. And we are able to um, move through a, a difficult situation with clarity and confidence and calm. And that's what I hope that this podcast is instilling in you today is to have um, confidence in yourself that you will manage. You will manage any situation that you come upon. You will manage and you can do it um, as long as you stay out of your fear. So as we clean out our closets and as we cleanse our bodies, so can we cleanse fear from our life. We can ask ourselves, where do I store fear in my body? Where do I feel fear in my body? Breathe into that place. Close your eyes and breathe until you feel that fear subside and notice the calm you feel. Don't forget to practice this. It's so important to practice those golden pauses, to practice calming yourself down through your breath and to anchor into your body so that you can have clarity. I hope that you found this podcast helpful and that you've been inspired. And I hope that you think in terms of cleansing fear from your life so that you can live unafraid, so that you can live your most vibrant life from the inside out. Thank you so much for listening Please share this with your friends and family and come back again. This is Christine Cross, and don't sweat the small stuff, live the big stuff. Are you at a place in your life, perhaps journeying through transition or change, where you're asking yourself, what now? If you're ready to take a deep dive inwards and rediscover who you are now and embark on a new dream, join Christine and a group of like-minded women for a weekend of self-discovery and deep connection on the California coast for her transformational spring renewal What Now Retreat. You'll come away inspired, renewed, awakened, and finally ready to live your most vibrant life. 
Visit ChristineCarlson.com to learn more.